0: <laughs> Bow, you shits!
1: The real war isn't between a few squabbling houses. It's between the living and the dead. Winter is coming. Why are all the gods such vicious cunts? Chaos isn't a pit, chaos
2: is a ladder. I'm the shield that guards the realms of men. You know nothing, John Snow.
1: A drink? I know things. You're the worst shit in the Seven Kingdoms! Death is the enemy, the first
0: enemy, and the last. Ricaris. I am the god of jits and wine.
1: Welcome back. You are listening to Streaming Things, Binge and Nerd. My name is Chris. I'm Andy. Which one of you coward shit in my pants?
0: was me that was such a good line dude Uh.
1: (laughs) so for new (laughs) listeners uh what we typically do is recap uh popular television shows it's an idea for a podcast that we had um in a mutual three-way slumber uh that no one else has ever thought of so there's been a lot of copy copycats (laughs) not capy cots
0: (laughs) what are are capy cots -cots in this three way capy cots
1: (laughs) (laughs) uh, that was a joke about how everybody does what we're doing and better. But anyway, uh, kill that even. So we did even do that. <laughs> uh, what we've started doing recently is uh, we've joined into the Game of Thrones discussion, the discourse, if you will. Uh, we've always been lifetime fans, but we never delved into it on our show. And this year... We said, fuck it, right? Let's just really do what everybody else is doing. We're getting tons of support and we thank you. So if you're new here, that's what we're doing. Uh, Two episodes of Game of Thrones left after this one. Uh, We're looking forward to going back to what we're really good at, which is Stranger Things coverage in July. And we'd like to hear more from you folks about what else you'd like to hear us listen to. Uh, We've journeyed into other properties from time to time with varying success. And we just don't get enough feedback from our listeners about what you want us to hear. Uh, I don't know if you know, apparently only 20 people know that we're on Twitter. Uh, so <laughs> <laughs> you can you can follow our podcast at stream thing pod, I believe or just, or just search streaming things. Um, you, you can follow don't me, know Chris on
0: Twitter. <laughs> yeah, I don't even know.
1: You can follow me individually at C Michael Rudd. Uh, Steve has got a wonderful name that you're going to follow closely because it's hard to find. What is that Steve? Uh, let me lay it down on you.
2: It's uh, now listen carefully. It's Steve May, 13.
1: Oh, shit. (laughs) Steve May, 13th of his name. (laughs) Breaker of chains. Tweeter of tweets. Andy, and you're on Twitter as well, right? I I am indeed on the
0: twat. I twat the twits. Uh, I'm on Twitter at Inkwell Verbal.
1: Inkwell Verbal. Well done.
0: Twat the twit. Sounds terrible. <laughs> I just want to
1: throw that out there. <laughs> well, it's what he does, and it's 2019, Steve. Get over it. That's true. <laughs> um, and you can also email us at streamingthingspod at gmail.com. We'd love to hear your feedback on these episodes. They're getting uh increasingly more I don't know what the word is. Infamous. Uh definitely lots more to talk about with Game of Thrones these days if you feel one way or the other. Uh, Some very strong opinions in the fandom, uh, which is part of the reason that we love talking about it so much. So this episode will be about episode four, titled The Last of the Starks, I believe. This time I actually knew the title. Um, Nice learning. Yes. Directed by (laughs) David Nutter. Um, Anyway, I want to start, so I think, I guess it's, I want to ask first, do we all have generally more negative opinions than typical right on this episode uh yes and would you no. say that just uh, i mean just in a quick because i want to maybe start off by saying a few positive things each unless that's not true then it doesn't matter we can just do what we normally do right because i don't want to just be super negative about a show that i love so much mm-hmm. for 45 minutes or so and, that's, but if you're and saying that's, no, the, that's the spirit of our show is we're typically more positive than negative i feel Mm -hmm. I I would think so. I would think so. I will be honest, not to... Okay, I'm just going to go ahead and spoil the ending, because typically we do like an overview and then a deep dive. Um, But I have strongly negative about this episode, I think. I've Mm. thought about it a long time. Um, In fact, fuck it. That's how I'll start. You know what I mean? I can't hide (laughs) my emotions. Uh, Speak your truth. uh, My overall thoughts, uh, very disappointed in that episode. And I can say with great fear of hyperbole, but I'm still going to say it, that it is perhaps for me the worst episode of Game of Thrones ever. Wow. Um, I think I felt about that episode the way that Andy felt about the entirety of season seven, but even more so because Andy was like, but it's still Game of Thrones. Um, And I don't even have that much to say at the end of it. But I'm really curious to hear your thoughts and I would love to hear your, the listener's thoughts as they write in, because I don't like how I feel. So I'll walk you back to last Sunday, um, right after the episode, I'm tweeting up a storm like I normally do, but I'm kind of staring out into the abyss and my girlfriend's next to me just kind of doing her own thing, looking at funny game of Thrones gifts. But, and I'm really struggling like to, to understand my feelings. And then I realized I'm extremely disappointed and I just have never felt that way. After a Game of Thrones episode, um, and I've always, yeah, it's it, it in recent seasons, it's increasingly been rushed for obvious reasons. Uh, the showrunners want to move on to other projects, um, so. They could have easily made this 10 seasons, and a lot of these problems would have been alleviated so that we've never been able to track what travel time is, right? Or how much time has passed. And so, a lot of the things that are seemingly poorly done or written are just because, in reality, five weeks have passed since the last scene they just cut from, Mm -hmm. and they're doing a really poor job of delineating that. And so, you kind of got to buy that and get over it, right? Which I've, for the most part, done. Like, okay, Euron gets from here to there, and I know it's a two month journey. And it's been three seconds and i don't care right so i've put that aside but i think there were just some shockingly bad writing decisions in this last episode that i cannot fathom how it made through so many different capable people and edits and the like the, the the colorists was like fuck yeah great solid idea you know what i mean and just and i'm not talking about the coffee cup i don't care because if you've ever been on a film set or tried to make something that shit happens right that's already, that They've already, already all. edited that out have you guys heard yeah. that
2: yeah. yeah that's great yeah i it's yeah. i watched this episode before we turned on the mics and it's gone
1: so wow, <laughs> no more cup, and that was not a Starbucks cup. That was a, a Craft Services cup. I just want to throw that out there. <laughs> right, but that was like
0: ten million dollars worth of free advertising for Starbucks, which is fucking crazy. But it wasn't even a Starbucks cup. I know, right? It doesn't I mean, matter. I was reading articles about that, like a marketing experts are saying, like e- even if it's not a Starbucks cup, the fact is that the conversation is revolving around Starbucks, and so yeah, like just that little goof up was w- would have been worth like ten million dollars. And I mean, it nuts. makes sense that there'd be a Starbucks there. I mean, they're everywhere now. So, I mean.
1: Right. Yeah, Right. <laughs> did you see, uh, did you see HBO's response to no. the goof? It's pretty funny. Um, it's kind of in line with all the marketing trolling that goes on from like Wendy's and stuff these days. But HBO tweeted, uh, we apologize for the latte in the episode. It was a huge mistake. Daenerys ordered an herbal tea. so it was pretty well done pretty well done. nice um i get so i guess um i want to get your all's overall thoughts and we'll dive into to what drove me so crazy uh but i guess that'll open a can of worms so steve i mean just overall how did you feel about the episode um what are your thoughts
2: well i am i'm 110 percent in agreement with you I this is now I I don't know if I would say this is the worst Game of Thrones episode ever, but it's definitely the worst one I've seen in a long time. It's the Mm. first one I can remember actively watching and coming away going like, wow, there were some really bad choices I did not agree with in that. Yeah. Um, And like you said, we'll get into it later on. But I feel like a lot of my problems stem from the editing floor. Um, especially mm-hmm. I'd say the first half of the episode just felt very off in terms of tone and flow and I, it just and then there's obviously writing decisions but you know just because I look at things from an editing perspective most often like that first half of the episode was just it was just weird I can't even really put my thumb on it It just flowed in a very not good way <laughs> mm-hmm, yeah
0: um, but it, we'll, we'll get into that more I guess Andy what, what were your thoughts Um, so wasn't a huge fan of the episode. I didn't hate it as much as you guys. Um, I, I I agree, especially about like the first like half hour of the episode, what should have been maybe two scenes was, um, a third of the episode, which was kind of bizarre. Um, I actually do kind of like the, uh, turn away from traditional good versus evil that started finally in this episode. Where now, now we have we're back to um, there's people that we like on both sides of an argument and that so I, I I like the turn towards conflict again that and it's funny because you know the first few episodes of the season building up what's supposed to be the major conflict didn't feel like it had a lot of actual conflict if that makes mm-hmm. sense just it it felt like just good versus evil and now it's like good versus good you know and and i like that about it um there were a a lot of issues i think the uh story editor needs to be fired um (laughs) too late obviously so i think it all stems from a a lack of source material um i think that uh benioff and weiss have revealed themselves to not be particularly good writers so i'm not particularly excited now for their star wars which is a bummer um So the lack of source material, but also this self-imposed deadline, the fact that they said we only have six six episodes left worth of material so that we're going to truncate these seasons compared to what we've been doing in the past, it's become abundantly clear throughout the course of this season and last that that was not the case, that they're intentionally rushing things. I'm, mm. I'm sure budgeting has something to do with it. You know, there's a lot of concerns that go into something like that. But the reality is that these things that are feeling rushed, um, I think the Jamie Brienne arc uh, being the probably most obvious example in this episode. Um, are things that ought to have happened over the course of a couple episodes, and we're mm-hmm. getting them over the course of 20 minutes, and that's a problem. But yeah. I did like the, the some of the tonal shift in it.
2: Okay. So we'll, I'm going to push back a little bit on them, because a lot of people are saying that the Double Ds are terrible writers, and I feel like I don't feel like they're terrible writers. I actually think they're really really good. I think the problem stems from what you have, the other thing you mentioned which was the self-imposed deadline where they're like mm-hmm. trying to do all this stuff in six episodes and I think what they're accomplishing in such a compressed amount of time writing-wise is really good. Like they're really there's a lot of good stuff happening, but I think there are missteps in where they're taking the story. But I don't sure. know if I would,
0: you know, equate that to poor writing. Um I, I don't know. Like I said before that should have been two scenes, them reveling in their victory. And it was just a big drawn out mess. And, you know, that- <laughs> that's
1: the thing, though. And I think it's interesting. So um and I agree that I, th- I have a lot of faith in the double D's. And I think um, obviously I have to withhold complete judgment until these last two episodes are over. And I know that ending things is very hard, especially a, a two decade long story that is beloved by most of the world. Right. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of pressure that you didn't necessarily um, sign up to end. Exactly. And it's so difficult to end that the creator has been terrified to end it. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Martin himself, the God who created this universe that everybody relies on. And it's like Martin's shit when he was in control is amazing. And now you don't have him to lean on. And I'm sure that they're in their heads. I can't say this, but they're thinking if he could fucking do it, he would have done it. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. we got the balls, um, <laughs> So oh, we've I'm got, sure they're
2: probably more like, "Why couldn't he have fucking done it?"
1: <laughs> right? So it's like Bran started yeah. he had the story. Six
2: years to give us more or material. Tyrion.
1: Yeah, Tyrion started the story, and we're getting it's being finished by Torment, right? And he's just <laughs> doing the fucking best that he can. Right. Um, I didn't mean to compare them to Torment. So, so the episode opens, and we have sort of a a, a funeral service for the fallen. Uh, many have pointed out on Twitter that by their own rules, all of those dead should have been in thousands of shards of pieces, not bodies to be burned. But for emotional reasons, we had to show the funeral. Um, Wait, what? Anyway, because a lot of those people were re-raised as whites. And so they should have burst into little ice shards. when only the, the, Night only the King walkers first. No, I mean, back in that episode, Beyond the Wall, like... All of them exploded. The whites like crumbled into heaps of bones and stuff and they all fell apart. I'm pretty oh, sure the, the
2: decayed huh. ones. Yeah, but not the fresh people who just died like that day. I don't know if Those they showed
1: the, a discrepancy between freshies and, <laughs> and they might have.
2: Yeah, because like all the all the ones that fell into pieces were like actual skeletal things like they had decayed for a while and the they're burning the people who died that night
1: so they're not going to just like explode we're into Mortal Combat <laughs> gore <laughs> freshies okay we're freshies. gonna freshies. okay so that we got a bunch of freshies um also had to have taken a month to build that many funeral pyres everybody had been very tired but I'm not gonna pick those kind of nits don't so I don't, much wanna, wood. don't at me right so much wood uh, I actually love that scene I thought um a lot of great emotion uh, John Snow's speech for me I've heard it a few times it gives me chills every time right up there uh with Independence Day and Braveheart right all the days from that day to this one like just mm-hmm. total Braveheart like it's right up there top 5 love it um fucking killed it John Snow you know uh, remember some remember the night day watch speech sp- I, re- uh, I really only remember. I just remember it, the end. It's our
0: live independence to yeah. survive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we will not surrender.
1: <laughs> right, that one.
2: Um, my, anyway. my favorite part of the scene was uh, Danny walking up to the corpse of Jay Bear and pulling a Lawson translation. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that
1: was kind of cool. I'd what love did to know. Did anyone her? else think? barracks corpse looked especially off the chain and i don't know if oh, that's yeah. because it's the seventh time he died or <laughs> what, that, but it, oh
0: that it that has to be it dude like <laughs> seventh time reanimated his corpse would
1: be fucked up looking right that makes sense? yeah it, it just looks nice. super goofy to me um and i, I, I loved sansa's moment with theon and she pinned a yeah, little okay. dire wolf on him like yeah that, that was, was good sweet. um you know, to you're a Stark motherfucker kind of move. That was very uh, teary eyed for me. It was interesting to see who um,
2: had like cause there several characters had moments with deceased characters. So like obviously Danny and Jay Bear. So oh, like the right. Um, Arya goes to Barrick. Sam goes to Dolorous Ed and John. I th- I thought going to Liana was the most interesting. Yeah.
1: Well, they had to throw Liana in there and she's a northern girl, I guess. It could also be like,
2: Oh, that's the
1: name of my mom.
2: What?
1: Oh (laughs) yeah. There you go.
2: (laughs) True. There you go. If you want
1: to connect some dots, I'm I'm not opposed to that one. Um, but I, what I'm getting at is, you know, then the revelry scene and everybody's fucking. And, uh, I, I thought this was the best part of the episode. Um, besides a a couple major goofs that aren't even as goofs for the reason that you think I'm going to say, um, you know, we got to see Jamie and Brienne hooking up and there was a lot of consent there. It was kind of a drunken thing where they got the, you know, the balls to do it. But it also there was plenty of consent there. She took off her own clothes and a lot of people had been shipping them. And that was a, a payoff that we've been having for seasons, uh, even though the relationship was truncated because of their own uh, imposed deadline that you guys are talking about. Um, we got to see Pod walk off with two chicks, which Pod super funny in the background. Did you notice dead. that? Yeah, I saw Um, that. He's the man. The hound's not having. He's not. He's not about that at all. Not having it. Um, This. I don't know. I loved all of this stuff. The whole let's get drunk and party. I think Daenerys. uh, The way they shot it, being isolated in the background, and you know. I loved everything they were doing with that. It made complete sense to me. Uh, go yeah. ahead, Steve.
2: That whole scene, the, the the dinner hall scene of everybody getting drunk. There's a lot of really, really good character moments in that scene, but I felt yeah. this entire thing was the worst editing in the show in a long time. Like this is this was a thing that like flowed really weird from like it opening on like really tight on Gendry's face, looking around for some reason, and then getting yeah, up. Yeah, it was an and, odd angle. Like they could have just started off with him like leaving the room and not having this weird close up. And then they would do weird cuts to characters that weren't involved in like they would, well, go, did from, watch they would go from point the A to behind point the scenes C. on that. No, I did not watch the behind the scenes on this one. But so there they was talked this, about
1: that. That was incredibly difficult to shoot that scene. Um And that that David Nutter, like as far as blocking. So that mm-hmm. makes sense that you kind of picked up on that. Um, and David Nutter is apparently a nut. And that's how the coffee cup ended up on the table. Like, So it's this massively intricately blocked scene with all these extras, um, very difficult lighting. They wanted to use the candlelight. Um, and he shot it from just ridiculous, you know, dozens of different angles. And the, all the actors were just fucking terribly exhausted because, you know he just like let's do it again let's do it again let's do it again and so i can imagine with all the shit he had to work with editing kind of being a mess i don't know maybe he yeah. overshot it
2: like there is a it goes from tyrion being next to danny talking about you know that was a good move to make gendry the lord of storms end and then it the yeah. very next scene is him shit faced next to davos and then mm-hmm. he's like less shit faced in the next scene and it's just kind of yeah. like I don't know. It was just, there's a lot of weird flow to this whole entire thing. Like, but, like sure. I said, there were really good character moments. Uh, the hound and Sansa was really nice. Um, like you that mentioned, nice. Danny being alone uh, with uh, and seeing how everyone's. Um, not with her. Tormund was really fucking funny where he's yeah. like sloshed his beer everywhere. And then he gets heartbroken that Brianne doesn't want him. And
1: Tyrion um, cock blocks him.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Tyrion like gives him his drink and then he's like, cheer up. You ain't getting that motherfucker. That's my bro. But <laughs> it gets over it pretty the fastest fast.
1: His rebound um, of all
0: time though. He just turns to that her, another chick. Go ahead. I
2: love how he goes to the hound for like, <laughs> that's who he like pours his heart out to is the hound. He's like, I don't or, fucking care. Go away from me.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, that scene with Sansa though, is one of the things. Uh, and so, you know what I'm going to say, right? So it's, it's oh, yeah. Brian Sansa and, uh, Masandi um, that really upset me, but not in and of itself, except for Masandi. Like, I really wanted a a female guest on this episode in particular. And I actually, I didn't ask you guys a whole lot, but I sought them out um, and um, didn't happen. A lot of the people that are usually guests on my podcast that have really usually a lot of input on these type of things just aren't that big of game of thrones fans and it just was such a short time and the way that we record now i was a little nervous about it anyway so that kind of fell out but um so anyway i apologize to all of our listeners that we're going to talk a lot about male gaze and misogyny and the lack of female input on the show uh game of thrones that is with three dudes present and that's it like we're i'm I'm aware of that (laughs) irony we all are it is what it is um but it's not so much the fact that like, there's a lot of outcry that did Sansa just express gratitude for being raped and say that that shaped who she was. And I'm not an idiot. I'm not going to latch onto that and just burn them at the stake. I understand what they're trying to do. And I actually love the themes that are shot through this last season. Uh, Bran has said it to Theon, like everything that's happened has gotten me exactly where I am, exactly where you are. Uh, he said the same thing to Jamie when he forgave him. Um, and my past being what it is, somebody who just steeped with drug addiction and crime and all kinds of craziness in my family. And I know that every bit of that has made me exactly who I am, even all the terrible things that I've done. Right. Uh, I wouldn't change a single thing. I think that's the wonderful gray aspect of real life. And that's what I love about Game of Thrones. So I understand that what they were trying to say. Right. But the fact that they had her phrase it the way that she did and totally ignorant. No. Like they fucking know how the internet is. You know what I mean? Like they know <laughs> right. how the world is now. And this is like post me too. And it like I was just shocked. You know what I mean? Like just it was tone-deaf. It had no female input seemingly. And I was I couldn't believe it. And mm-hmm. then later, they have Brienne, and I'm jumping way ahead, but it's all like the same comment. You know, the most gender bending strongest female character that we've loved throughout, like just weeping and begging for her boyfriend to not leave. And again, I know what they're trying to do. And it's a, it's a product of that rushed arc of Jamie and Brienne. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. but I am just like, are you fucking just so oblivious to how the world is going to react and latch on and perceive that. Right. And you have to be aware of that because that molds and, Transforms into what your art is if you're not plugged into the potential discourse. Does that make sense? Sure.
0: I agree and with so, you more about the Brienne one than the Sansa one. Um the Brienne one was absolutely like a this is a stoic badass of a woman that suddenly mil- melted into a upset 14-year-old girl when when her boyfriend doesn't want to talk to her no more and that that was that was really kind of a bummer to see for her character. With the Sansa thing, I didn't I don't know. Um I didn't take that as so much as talking about specifically, I got raped and that made me who I am today. I I thought that she was talking about all of the people in her life, all of the terrible things that have happened to her, because that was her character arc for the majority of the entire series was, you know, naive little girl goes out into the world and life is really fucking bad, you know. And so I didn't... Take it so much to mean this one character-defining moment absolutely made her who she is, and I think that's almost reductive to say that that's the one thing that was so defining to her. And so I'm not talking about you specifically, but the internet has also kind of latched onto that idea too that she's sure. and now she does talk about you know getting her come up and or. Ramsey getting his comeuppance when she uh, six his own hounds on him. But her entire character and arc makes the hound been, joke,
1: which I did enjoy that.
0: Right. <laughs> yeah. I, oh, I didn't even get that. That's good. Um, uh, <laughs> but her entire character arc has been all about hardship. And, you know, she is now a worldwide person. And absolutely. And know, I think
1: you were supposed to interpret it as someone who has coped healthily and grown, but somewhat unhealthily as well but is aware and maybe it was supposed to be a strength. I just don't feel like it came off like any women were a part of that writing. Um, and many, many women worldwide immediately picked up on that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I cringed you know what I mean? and I'm very liberal, super far left to most folks, but also I like freedom of speech. Right. But even I cringed immediately like mm-hmm. the hound comes in, and he's the fucking hound. Maybe it's it's part of his character, and I'm being a bitch, right? But he comes in and says, "I heard they broke in, broke in rough." You know what I mean? Immediately, I'm like, "Oh, these were seasoned ah uh, people, not so happy about that show's decision to divert from the books and invent that for her character, right?" Mm-hmm. Oh, he's just bringing it up. Okay, here they go. You know what I mean? Like, I just, I couldn't believe it. Because the fact that that happened took, like, a year and a half for them to stop being torn apart on the internet about it.
0: What, did she get raped?
1: Yes. Oh. And not only that, but it focused on Theon's reaction to it the entire time. So it was kind of like, it, it, that, how this that, is a fe- that, How that she's that a getting raped affects the male is what's man, important. Yeah. I mean, it was so misread. Right. Um, on their part, not the audiences. And then I don't know, it just shocked me. Not that it, I can't explain enough. I don't know if I'm just stumbling or not, but that they wouldn't just have a team of people deeply considering how this will be interpreted with women involved shocks me is what mm-hmm. I'm saying. You know what I mean? Like I'm flabbergasted at, at how, how they literally took an extra year and a half to make this part of the show. Sure, And this yeah. is the kind of shit that's they're coming up with. You know what I mean? Um, Absolutely. I don't know. Maybe I'm just hammering it to... Because there's stuff later that's just story and plot driven that drove me so crazy that I immediately picked up on this shit too. Like, I've had enough. So what's um, interesting
0: to me about what you brought up with the the hound, specifically that line saying, I heard they broke you in, broke you in rough. I, I, I'm of two minds about that. One, it is true to the world and the type of harsh realism that they... That it's definitely true to the Hound, hound. absolutely. Into, and well, that's my second idea is that it's true to the Hound as he was in season three. I don't think that it's true to the Hound anymore. And I think that's one of the biggest problems that they've had with their writing in these past two seasons is that char- character... Um, uh, characterization and uh, motivations have been just coming and going like uh at on a whim with these characters they suddenly act differently all the time Tyrion goes back and forth between being an alcoholic and being recovered and then he um is well, whip smart I- in specific dumb scenes and then a fucking idiot when it comes to any sort of tactical um Work that he's supposed to actually be doing as hand of the queen, and just I I think that uh, their characterization is just really, really off kilter. And uh, so I, like, like, yeah, I, I think that it made sense for the type of world that Game of Thrones generally portrays that someone would talk, be that upfront and blunt about somebody's trauma. I get that in today's society that that kind of thing is going to have some backlash. But these are also the ideas that thought Confederate, the guys that thought the uh, Confederate was a good idea, you know, and that's, you know. I know, but...
2: I'll uh, Go ahead, Steve. I'm going to push back on the one thing is that I feel like that's a, that even now, that's still an in-character thing for the Hound to say. Yeah, I
1: never thought the Hound got more PC, just he'll stick his neck out for people I mean, just like
2: last episode, he was being super rude and blunt and in an awful... Terse way. That's just kind of how he's always been. He's just a miserable twat. Uh, well,
1: yeah, his face was, pushed in a fire as a child. He's going to be a well, dick.
2: yeah, no. I rightfully so. <laughs> I agree with you. On, <laughs> I, I agree with you on Tyrion. I think that's 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 uh-huh. a perfect fair point. But um, absolutely. I, I also I don't I don't actually see like you guys have mentioned it a couple times now the the point the problem with Jamie and Brienne. Um, both their relationship being rushed and her crying at the end. And I actually don't know where that's coming from because I feel like they've been moving this relationship since season th- season three. It's been probably the longest building relationship on
1: the show currently. Mm-hmm. And it finally- no, not that they got together was rushed. the that they split was rushed. Um, and I'm not I'm not gonna steal it. This is Joanna Robinson is the most famous. Game of Thrones scholar, um, and this is 90% her take you know, that I've already read and listened to, but she was talking about that um, it, if we had had like two or three episodes of Jamie and Brienne together and him in this kind of pastoral lifestyle that he's now chosen, realized that he cannot stomach it, that he's drawn to King's Landing, that he's got unfinished business and then left, right? That that scene would have carried a lot of power. Uh, his leaving, but it's literally like 20 minutes, right? So he decides to leave all that behind and stay in Winterfell. Cut to cut to cut to cut back. I'm sneaking out of bed and the show being so rushed. Of course, it's probably been a month, if not more because of travel time and stuff from that point to him leaving. Like he spent weeks with her, but we don't get to feel that or see that. Does that make sense?
2: Yeah. But I also, i because they've been together for the last three episodes and we all know that they like love each other. I still felt like when he left, I still felt really, really that was a pat that that scene impacted me emotionally. And also sure. her crying that he left was also, I felt in character. Cause I mean, she wept like crazy when Renly Baratheon died. Like that's, and that's the only that's other true. person. That's the only other person that she's like cared about to the same extent. And she has a much more, you know, a much more realized relationship with Jamie that she ever even possibly could have with Renly. And so it makes sense. I yeah. feel like that she would appeal to his better nature and because of, you know, whatever you want to believe is Jamie's motives, whether it be honor duty um, or an addiction of Cersei, whatever his motives are, like I feel like it's within her character to really take that, not well like she's she's telling she because she knows she's like the only person in the world who knows jamie is as good a a person that he really is right and she knows that him going back to king's landing is either going to result in him probably dying or um making more mistakes that takes him away from who he really is so that's her almost knowing that he's dead Like, she's not going to see that version of Jamie, whether he, like, dies, dies, or whether he changes as a person. She's not going to see the Jamie she fell in love with ever again. And I feel like that is an appropriate response to that. I I, I didn't feel that that was out of character or anything for her.
1: I'm glad that you say that. Um, I meant to say uh, I did speak at great length with at least one woman about this and uh, my girlfriend. And she... She'd been reading my tweets and talking to me all the time about it. And um, she said, I really, I understand and I agree 100% with how you feel about uh, Missing Day, right? Um, Miss Sandy, however you want to say it. Um,
2: (laughs) I saw somebody on Reddit type it Miss, like MS, period, and then Sunday. Like Miss Sunday. Oh <laughs> Miss Sunday. All, that's all I can hear anymore when someone says her name. They've broken me.
1: <laughs> yeah, we'll just call her Miss Sunday from now on. Yeah. Um but she said, you know, and this I was listening intently because this is uh you know, she's female. So I'm trying to trying to learn. Well, what and, what uh, is your what is your what is the I don't think you've touched on what exactly your issue with Miss Sunday is. I will. Okay. Well, yeah. So there's we'll put a flag there. Um but she did say she agreed 100% with you. She said, uh, you know, I'm a very strong woman and I can understand her being a warrior and a, really smart and being really ferocious and very strong and still loving someone so much then they sleep with her a few times and then leave and crying like that. Like, and, and Gwendolyn Christie, uh, who plays Brand, she said, I thought it was a, a wonderful three-dimensional thing to add to my character. I was very, very happy to do it. Um, so there's that. Uh, and she's, and my girlfriend has... Um, been through assault and trauma and she's, I, she was not offended at all by the Sansa lines. Um, she felt that that bang, rang very true. Um, so I just want to throw that out there. Um, and maybe I'm being, you know, maybe that Benioff and Weiss and uh, whoever was involved and they had just more courage to be true to the world and the characters than 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 I would have been, right? Mm-hmm. So I'll acknowledge that. Um, so Miss Sunday um <laughs> and, <laughs> And a part of what angers me is that entire third act, um, but I'll stick specifically with her. Okay, no. F- All right. I'm going to lay it down for you. Okay, so Daenerys is flying 600 feet in the air and is not using her dragon aerial privilege for recon, To look. Whatsoever. She's up there having a good fucking time, smiling at her other dragons, wind blowing her hair, which I don't buy at all. Right. Nobody spots these ships, not even the person that's 600 feet in the air. They're just somehow hidden. She claims to have forgotten about the, the Greyjoy fleet that they just mentioned in the previous scene in their plan and that her whole purpose was to keep an eye on the ship's because they knew that Euron was out there somewhere. They literally had just fucking mentioned that, right? And these are all tactical geniuses. Daenerys' team is full of the smartest, most strategic men in this world. And she has made fucking... Their, their team has made idiotic move after idiotic move and made insane Cersei look smart, which drives me crazy. And Euron's a fucking idiot, right? At least show <laughs> Euron. right? And then they've got giant crossbow is their childish solution to the dragon problem. And I understand the showrunners had to even the playing field somehow. Like Daenerys is like a no-brainer win when she arrives from Essos. So what do they have to do? Send her up north, kill two of her three dragons, and uh, eliminate her army's power by half, right? They immediately have to do that and cause infighting. So now they've even the playing field. I understand that um but it's driving me fucking nuts because these people have never made such stupid decisions um Dorne has sworn for her they have thousands of fresh soldiers but let's not wait for them I'm so angry let's go I don't believe that for a second right, right. um we just can't afford the Dorne CG and we fucked the whole Dorne storyline up and who even is the prince of Dorne right yeah. now that makes no <laughs> I sense what I the want fuck to is the too. prince
2: of Dorn I thought he got an arrow in his face or a spear in his face.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So when Rhaegal dies, that's totally out of nowhere shock value. You can see all the strings of the writing in the show and I can't stand it. Right. Um, The whole fact that they would even know to capture Missandei, right. Or could in that tussle, we just knock Tyrion out like season one style where we didn't have the budget for that battle where they knocked Tyrion out. Right. (laughs) Right classic Tyrion and how didn't that giant mast kill him he's a dwarf in the okay whatever and then okay now they've got Missandei on the battlements and how did Euron get back in King's Landing right it just fucking drives me crazy so there's all of that the real
2: question is how did (laughs) how did Daenerys's (laughs) troops get from Dragonstone to King's Landing when their fleet was destroyed No, I don't care. That's fine. It's Fuck fair. it. <laughs> at least she buried them boats. all one at a
1: time on Drogon. Okay. Right, and that's yeah, fine. The Drogon fairy. Then <laughs> they took a person of color who was a freed slave, put her back in chains, and had her brutally murdered just to piss off an already furious Daenerys. And show that Cersei, who we already hate, is bad. There's no fucking reason for that, right? I would have much rather had a giant arrow explode Miss Sunday. That would have been a better fucking death and done the exact same thing than that. So anyway, I, I think my thoughts were so vitriolic that it destroyed Steve's microphone. So if he sounds a little different... <laughs> We, we've switched. Uh, <laughs> and there's clearly an edit point here and I don't even give a fuck anymore. You either like us or you don't. We're imperfect human beings, just like game of Thrones. Um, so anyway, I, I know that that was a lot of really strong feelings coming up all at once. And I, I do want to be clear that I, I fucking love this show. And I, I've said many times that this story has been a huge part of my life, uh, for almost 20 years. And maybe mm-hmm. that's a huge part of it. Um, and, and I don't, I'm not one of those people who thinks that the quality has just utterly declined as the seasons progue- progress. I think some of their very best work has been in recent seasons. Episode two of season eight is one of the best episodes that they have, they've ever done. Um, the scores are always uh, phenomenal. Oh, the music's uh, gotten mean, so much better as the show's gone on. It's crazy. And even in this episode, there's so much to love. I mean, um, Amelia Clark's performance was fucking incredible. Uh, some of the very best she's ever done when she's standing on the desert, uh, when Miss Cindy does die. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she's, did you see the, the rage and the hurt and I, she's phenomenal, right? Um, I love that Arya and the hound are back together. Um, I thought the scene where Gendry proposed to her was great and hilarious and very true to Arya's character. Um, I love how they did that. Uh, Can we not agree that Gendry has... Clearly, put the pussy on the pedestal. Or- <laughs> he definitely <laughs> has. Definitely. I mean, <yeah. laughs> yeah,
2: uh- he. Uh, I can understand why Arya shot him down harder than Rhaegal because he was just really going at it there. He was like, "I'm Lord of Storms, and I don't know what to do. I fucking love you. You're the best. I can't live without you. Part of you is inside me now. Part of me is inside you now. We'll be together for the time. Will you marry me, please?" And it's like we had sex man. once.
1: It was great for me. <laughs> and, and can we not talk about how <laughs> f- fucking on Game of Thrones has gotten super lame? How do you mean? Like, <laughs> nobody's happy. Oh, right. Yeah. Like,
2: everyone has sex and then just kind of stares off into the middle yeah, like distance thinking about it. Jamie's life. just
1: staring at the ceiling. And <laughs> right. I, I wish, can we not cut away to pod just happily smug between two naked women? Right. And, you know, really, finally see what Pod's working with. Am I the only one that's wondering? You know what I mean. Like, <laughs> Pod the wrong. get a, a little joy. Um, <laughs> anyway, anywho, uh, so yeah, there's a, a lot to love in the episode. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, I know that we're running short on time and we've huge catastrophic technical difficulties. And uh, my mic got some,
2: shot down by uh, some Greyjoy bolts. So yeah, <laughs> yeah.
1: your mic is the the regal okay. of our show. You're so, on X machina. I mean, was I too much toward the third act of this episode? Or, I mean, what did you guys... How did you guys feel about all that shit I just fucking spewed out and vomited in no intelligent way whatsoever?
0: Yeah, I, I agree with that. I, I do think that there's uh, some serious tone-deaf writing going on there, especially towards the end. I think cutting away to a man's reaction when a female character gets killed to the point where you don't even really see her die. You just see her out-of-focus body fall from the parapet is uh, pretty pretty poor choice while it's a neat shot i think that they're unintentionally missing the point there um, um i i had a lot of problems with some other things uh i can't let it go unsaid that uh john did not boop the snoot on his uh on his poor little wolf yes. missing the ear before uh, he sent him away just gave him a mm-hmm. bro nod and sent him packing yeah I'm
1: pretty, that, pretty that, pissed about that
2: that was atrocious that actually that made terrible. me hate john snow Mm -hmm. Ghost's
1: little ear was torn off And everything
2: All he wanted was a little pet And John ignored him And this was another editing thing I think if they just cut that scene Where he like looks at Ghost And then walk And then like just Ghost Pieces out uh, I think if they took that shot out It would have been fine I mean people would have been like Oh he didn't You know, he there wasn't a touching reunion, but people wouldn't have been like, oh, he's going to the cigarette, going to the store to buy cigarettes and never see Ghost again. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Like, just because they lingered on that shot of like, yeah, dude, John, are you going to you going to come?
1: His tail starts wagging a little bit. So we're just going to casually never see Sam Gilly, Tormund or Ghost ever again.
0: Is that was that the whole point of that? Like. I think in that so. behind the scenes thing they, they called that when they were talking about that the final goodbyes
1: like yeah. was that really them writing out that's like the impression I got so many of the main characters that's crazy uh, John Bradley who plays Sam just tweeted I think today it's been so fun playing Sam as one of the best things in my life and working with Kit Harington and, blah, 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 and... that's oh, nuts
2: they wrote I, off a lot of characters this episode
0: uh-huh. I really hope that's not the case that's terrible
2: they wrote off yep. uh they practically wrote off Braun as well. <laughs> oh yeah, and God. then Bronze whole
1: thing, that, that was ridiculous. Um, he just literally takes a two and a half month ride. And I love the callback about the you know, the the agreement he made with Tyrion, and none of right. us ever thought that he were gonna kill he was gonna kill Jamie or Tyrion. Um that's on record, but just just a two and a half month ride to stroll in and get a better fake offer, uh, uh, and we might. I have a feel like there's going to be an epilogue where he's Lord of High Garden, and that'll be the last we see of Bron. Um, right. Which is that'll be funny, but anyway, he's uh, that, the kind that of character that I think terrible. Martin would keep to live through it all for sure. Yeah, for sure.
0: He deserves to live through the whole thing. But that scene was just that was another one of those uh, character not acting like themselves, just the motivation and just the way that they're portrayed that that didn't I, I mean, I get him being like a cynical hard ass. But at the same time, like these are like two of the only people, at least as far as the coverage that we've seen and throughout the course of the show, it's, those are the only two people that we've ever seen him have a relationship with. Yeah. And that was yeah it was terrible like punching Tyrion in the face and just like just being a prick the whole time but all, I, I don't know the whole tone of that scene was just awkward as fuck
1: i thought his acting was great um but yeah it just i'm just want to delete this from memory uh, i'm terrified that we're gonna have a daenerys is anakin skywalker thing that they're building <laughs> up to but i also think it could be a red herring um, My just wife like is a on
2: suicide watch because of that.
1: That flame that might just fizz out, you know. Uh, yeah, I know your wife hates the Mad <laughs> Queen theory,
2: dude. Like when this episode ended, she, there was this like long awkward silence, and I looked over at her, kind of smiling because I knew she'd be pissed, and I wanted to see what her reaction was. <laughs> and it, oh man, it wasn't pretty. She, uh, she, like, <laughs> she was like. I fucking hate this show now. And she got up and stormed to bed and was just, and went to bed angry and like woke up the next morning, not feeling well. And she's like, that show made me feel sick. I'm so upset about it. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm mean, awesome
1: though. Like I wish I have a story that I fuck up the ending so bad that people are extremely like physically upset in their own actual lives. Like I hope I matter <laughs> that much someday. Right. I mean, Wouldn't that be nice? No,
2: not to be too – okay, I want to bring it around because I feel like streaming things, we try to be positive. We try to look on the bright side of things, and we, we've been pretty down so far. The bright side is it's almost over. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll just a couple things that I'll mention that I really, really enjoyed. Um, obviously, we kind of oh, touched still. on it earlier, but Torment, his whole like, which one of you shit my pants? And just <laughs> him like being Torment is great. Um, I really enjoyed the scene – with uh, Varys and Tyrion, um, not on the boat, but the one where they're in like the Great Hall at Dragonstone discussing, you know, is Jon Snow a better leader than Daenerys? And Tyrion's like, you can tell he he's unsure, but he's really trying to stay loyal to Daenerys because, mm-hmm. I mean, she's the first person who really kind of showed him any sort of like, you know, you, I, I thought of him as an equal and like lifted him up to this equal station so he has this loyalty to her but you can tell that he's kind of like i don't know i mean She's- yeah <laughs> <laughs> and Barrett's it's like i haven't had anything to do for three episodes i'm gonna fuck right. shit up i'm, d- I'm d- <laughs> <laughs> uh and then i actually i enjoyed the final scene um where Tyrion, in the mouth of sauron kyburn comes out and uh they have their little exchange and then he kind of speaks directly to Cersei. I really liked that scene. It was very tense and I just like the imagery of Tyrion this person of who has like a small physical stature like up against a fucking castle. Like that's yeah. just it was that, beautifully
1: shot. I and yeah. I did like that like and Peter Dinklage played that like only he can. And I'm sorry, I know you're being really positive, but they've got all these giant crossbows and Daenerys and everyone's clearly in range. And I, <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. And I don't buy that she wouldn't just shoot Tyrion because who gives a fuck at this point about any kind of diplomacy and like but what is like going S- on right now?
2: Cer- Cersei's playing a game of she's playing a game of propaganda and like she's she kind of like how what um, they did with uh, Ramsay in season six, where they're saying like they're like they met and parlayed. And that was like kind of a gentleman's agreement. And they didn't just kill each other uh, because they want to show to the people that Ramsey wanted to show to the people that he was a legitimate leader and at the same time Cersei's letting everyone into her gates like, under the guise of like oh I'm protecting you from this dragon queen I'm gonna but she's m- really her. using
1: them as human shields
2: exactly and she's mm-hmm. using this show of, of the parlay to show that like see I'm trying to negotiate with the dragon queen she can't be stopped like we had a parlay i let her speak her mind and she can't be reasoned with uh i think cersei's playing this game of you know you know this very political game of what people view her as Um, now whether or not that's adequately you know showed or not like there's no like you know peasant who's like oh that cersei's got a great point I like that she's trying to be peaceful. You know, I threw a mud pie at her when she was walking naked in the street, but she's got some great ideas now. I feel like I, can, I, can, I did here. Yeah, with the her. There's
1: statistics that show that all debt to the Iron Bank is significantly less than under Obama. I mean, Robert. <laughs> I mean, say what you will
2: about Cersei, the economy is booming right now, so she's got that going for her. Uh, but uh, but the one thing that I thought was funny in that that scene where <laughs> you know Ms. I just Henry... love that
0: they're Australian. I'm sorry. <laughs> 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 I, I might uh, we will Kings
2: Landing. <laughs>
1: That's not a coin <laughs> This is a, a coin boy.
2: I'll tell you what that You're on great, you're a right ripper <laughs> uh,
1: <laughs> We have listeners in Australia That are super loving this right now I'm sure, I'm sure uh, uh,
2: <laughs> I did think it was funny that when Cersei put her hand on N- Miss Sunday and uh, It was like <laughs> Now's the time for your last words That Miss Sandy didn't just like grab her like Bye bitch and jump off
1: the, Jump <laughs> That would have been a fucking Game of Thrones hilarious moment. Like, oh, Cersei's dead. That would have pissed so many people off, and I would have loved it. And could you imagine the mountain? Like, Robert Strong just up there, like, looking down at her, (laughs) looking around, like, I guess I'll crochet now. Because he's Australian, too. What am I (laughs) doing? Yeah, that's how he talks. I
2: don't know why he sounds like New Ferrigno. Uh, or uh, Andre the Giant, I'm sorry.
1: Uh. Did you see that Thor Ragnarok gif where about when Ghost was chewed away by John and <laughs> Peace Off Ghost, Ghost.
2: Peace <laughs>
0: off Ghost I have? Psycho
1: IT. I fucking love that guy so much. <laughs> hey, man. Oh, I'm sorry, listeners. Now we're just but nerding they're, out. They're going um,
2: they're going full tilt on Mad Queen Danny. It seems. Yeah.
1: So uh, I have heard, I think Maisie Williams tweeted that the next episode, um, episode <laughs> five of season eight, is extremely bloody. Um, and I think we'll probably have most of the throne sorted out by the end of the next episode. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of the main conflict will have been resolved. Mm-hmm. And then we'll get, because, uh, you know, the penultimate episode of every Game of Thrones season is always like the fucking crazy shit, right? Yep. For the most part. Uh, and then the finales are still a wow, but not as insane. So that's what we can look forward to. I definitely desperately want all of your feedback. Um, I want you to email streamingthingspod at gmail.com. And, uh, and that's pod for podcast, not Podrick. And just uh, let us know what you think and how you felt about this episode. Specifically, I'd love to read some of your thoughts uh, on the show. Um, typically, don't read our emails out on the show, but we we want to now. Um yeah, Sorry, had, and, Random uh,
2: question. Random question. Sure. This is a total uh, has nothing to do with whatever we're talking about. I just made a Seven. connection and I want to see if it if it uh flies. Is Podrick Payne related to Ilan Payne?
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, they're like cousins huh. or something.
2: I didn't I never made that connection until <laughs> just yeah,
1: now. He's from the House of Pain, The House of Pain. <laughs> House of Pain. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, that's partly due. <laughs> um Illan has a much bigger role in the books mm-hmm. and he just kind of disappears from the show. I think, Oh, I know why I'm so yeah, sorry. I'm so rude of me. Had, the actor got very ill. Right. Um, better, but though. in the books, it's not Braun that trains Jamie to fight with his left hand. It is illin because he has no tongue and he yeah, can't he tell can't everyone, speak. can't tell anyone that Jamie can no longer fight. So, cause Jamie's super sensitive about that. um, so anyway, yeah, that's a thing. But Podrick's a really sweet boy, uh, regardless of his upbringing.
2: I mean, listen to his uh, singing voice; he is a sweet boy.
1: Right. And uh, listeners and co-hosts, be prepared. I'm very excited. I'm going to be just devastated when this show's finally over. Um, and I do love the show. I will be buying the box set. Don't don't at me. Uh, I was just upset about this one time, um, but we'll have a follow up. You know, a denouement where we're gonna we'll do our top favorite episodes of all time favorite moments of all time we'll probably rank the seasons uh lots of fun stuff that i want to hear your feedback on so get ready for that um always 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 love you so much uh, is there anything else that we want to say uh, about this episode before we wrap up and get to betty bye i still I need can't to know, to know which one of you week cowards
2: here. shit my pants <laughs> you'll
1: you guys, never one, know
2: one of you has to own up to it <laughs> Andy? It,
1: it was me it's always me <laughs> well, it was it. always me he's a serial <laughs> pants shitter uh, well that's all we've got for this week. Thank you so much. As always, my name is Chris. I'm Andy. And I'm Steve. Piss off, Ghost. <laughs> if any more words come pouring out your cunt mouth, I'm gonna to have to eat every fucking chicken in this room.
2: Hey, would you like to we're sort start a revolution? Uh, would you like to join the revolution? We set up pamphlets, but only my mum and a and boyfriend, Doug, came, and I hate that guy.
1: <laughs> I fucking love takeaway TT so much.